Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Thank you for joining me in this week's episode as I'm going to have an honest and frank conversation around the topic of another one bites the dust. That's right. If you haven't already seen, and I'm sure you would have done, um, especially within FE Weekly and uh, in the press and things, that unfortunately this week, or last week I should say, we saw the sad closure of Cube Learning, which saw over 200 staff and over three and a half thousand learners be impacted by the sudden closure of another big leading training provider. And Cube Learning uh, was one of the biggest training providers in England. Um, and, you know, it's sad to see another one bite the dust. Now, the idea of this podcast is to cover a couple of elements. One, to talk about uh, and give some general advice and guidance to those that may or those that are affected by their job losses at Cube Learning, as well as providing some initial advice and guidance for those apprentices affected and also for employers that are affected that have apprentices with Cube Learning. Now, from personal experience, um, I have been through very similar, and I used to work for uh, First for Skills a long time ago. And uh, what about, I say a long time ago, it's about six, uh, seven years ago before I came uh, to my current role that I'm currently in now. And um, I remember that day very well because when uh, we, we'd obviously had our Ofsted inspection, uh, which I was part of um, and had a really interesting Ofsted inspector out with me who was from uh, secondary school uh, education, not FE background. So that was a bit of a challenge, um, but very interesting. I learned a lot from that inspector on the day, um, as they were me all day. Um, but we had our inspection and then obviously we waited near enough three months for an outcome. It was very quiet within the uh, First for Skills head office, um, which was based in Liverpool at the time. And I remember getting an email from the exec team at 10 to 3 on a Friday, like everybody else did, saying, thank you very much. But, um, you know, that's it. First for Skills is closing and then 10 minutes later at four o'clock we all got an email saying from the administrators that we were made redundant with immediate effect the business had ceased trading and that was it we were redundant um so i know how that feels to get that communication i know that gut-wrenching and pit um feeling you get in your stomach like oh my god everything has just been ripped away and you are now jobless you probably haven't been paid yet you've got bills to pay and everything is just now in a massive kind of tornado whirlwind and the tornado is ripping through your life at the moment but please you know i'm going to give some advice and guidance on this because i have been through it and you know subsequently i went through it prior to that with another provider 
before coming to first the skills. Um, but yes, so for those that are affected, now those are the cube learner or cube learning employees. Now, when you're going through this, there's a couple of things I would suggest. First of all, one of two big things you need to do is go onto the government website and search for insolvency claims and put your insolvency claim through the insolvency service now. Although it may seem early, get it in as early as possible. They will already be made aware of the situation with Cube Learning. So the insolvency service looks at claiming any unpaid wages, expenses, and unpaid holidays that you've accrued. So all this information will go from the administrators to the insolvency um, organization uh, by the government. So it's key now to get that in because if you get that in now, your claim um, is already registered um, and will be processed a lot quicker. So do that. And if you need any advice or guidance or want to um, ask anything, there's lots of information on the advisory service or insolvency advisory service website. Uh, but also you can reach out to me um, and I'll put my contact details in uh, the bio of this podcast uh, this week. So you can reach out to me and happy to help. Um, then I would also recommend that you strongly go on and apply for universal credit. Now, I know universal credit has its has a cloud over it. And some of us are very proud or too proud in ourselves sometimes to actually apply. Now, I am going to say apply. If you don't, you're an idiot. You need to get your claim in now, even if you're going for some interviews or in the next week or so you're offered a job and start, still process that claim because you never know during the time that you've been made redundant until you get another job, you may be entitled to some benefit payments that you're entitled to. So do it. Um, and I strongly recommend it. It is a bit of a lengthy and painful, but soul destroying thing to do, but it's not. Um, it's important that you do it. And once it's done, it's done. That means that your insolvency claim is in and sorted. And then also that your universal credit claim is in as well. Thirdly, I would contact all your bill payments that you do. So contact your internet provider, contact your mobile phone company, contact your gas and electricity companies, contact your landlord or housing officers um, or your mortgage providers. You know, look, you're in, Cube was a national training provider. It's in the press. You have the record of the letter from the administrators and from the company saying that you are made redundant with immediate effect. And you also have it in the press as evidence that you can show and provide to them if required. And when I did this, um, I shared all that information, the, the email from the exec team, the email letter from the um, administrator saying that I was made redundant with immediate effect. I asked all of them to give me at least a month or two leeway so that I could still use my phone, I could still use my internet, I could still use what I needed to do. And as soon as I got a job, I would catch up and also do a kind of a repayment plan with them. And they were understanding on that case. Um, so do call them and speak to them. I know it's a pain sometimes calling people, but even if you drop them an email and a lot of service providers now 
have the online chat feature and you can upload and attach documents on those as well. So do that. And finally, reach out on LinkedIn across the network. Now, I have seen this week um, that's just gone, obviously last week now because it's Monday, uh, but you see last week a lot of people in the FE uh, world step up and reach out to those affected. And I stand up and applaud you all. This is why I love FE and this is why I love the community. It is like one big family. And I remember that feeling when I was made redundant with First for Skills. And the community reached out to all of us and it was a fantastic feeling. Now, you know, there is somebody I've seen on LinkedIn and I apologize, I can't remember his name now, but he was offering a free CV review. So he could look at your CV, review it, make it stand out really nicely and get it back to you at no cost. Amazing. Well done. There was also um, Learning Curve, and I saw the post from Barbara, the uh, CEO and owner of Learning Curve, um, but also uh, Lee Hill, who I work alongside, who delivers our apprenticeships or helps with delivering our apprenticeships within my organization, uh, stepping up and offering over 70 to 80 vacancy positions to those affected. So well done to you guys as well. And I have seen a lot more of those great success um, of the community coming together and a lot of people resharing people's uh, requests for looking for work. I'd also suggest that if you are um, looking for work and you're looking with another provider, don't just stick to a provider. Reach out to colleges, reach out to employers, because a lot of employers have those departments in L&D uh, that will need trainers, will need people to look after and manage their apprenticeships, all those kind of things. So reach out to them. Don't give up. I know it's tough and I know it's hard, but there is light at the end of this tunnel. There was for me and there will be for you. So do not give up. Reach out to that network. They are there to support and help. Also, on a final note, as most of you will probably use Facebook, and also, well, although someone in the office did say I was old for using Facebook the other day, and I kind of had a puzzled look on my face. I'm not old, um, but well, kind of, but um, in Facebook, you've got groups or community groups. I remember back when I was made redundant, um, a lot of the uh, First for Skills team um, created a Facebook group just for uh, First for Skills so that we could all link into that group, check in on each other, make sure we're okay, um, share advice and guidance, share things that we were looking at or jobs, etc. So there are things out there, even there's assessor groups, even on LinkedIn, for example, there are apprenticeship groups, apprenticeship tutor groups, there's lots of things you can do. So you utilize Facebook with, with everybody that you used to work with and connect together and keep updated. Get on LinkedIn, search for those groups, join those communities, keep looking for those posts, you will get there. Now, I hope that that has given some supportive advice and guidance to those employees affected by uh, Cube Learning. Now, apprentices. If you are an apprentice and you are uh, obviously affected by Cube Learning. Now, I do know that Cube did have some subcontractors. So if your apprenticeship was with one of their subcontractors, um, then you should be okay because the subcontractors that they are with, and I think there's one, two, three, four, five of them, uh, 
if you're with them, then they'll be able to pick up and continue your apprenticeship without any kind of interruption. But if you were doing your apprenticeship direct with Cube Learning, then here's some tips for you. Number one, continue your apprenticeship. Whatever work or learning, so whether it be assignments, learning, off-the-job records, whatever you were set, carry on and do it. You should still have access to your e-portfolio, whether that's with Smart Assessor, Maytas, eTrack, OneNote, whoever it may be, or Bud, etc. Just keep using that. Reach out to them. Send an email to their support saying, look, I was with Cube Learning, and unfortunately, they don't exist anymore. They've closed. Um, could I still gain access to my ePortfolio so I can download my work? Or can you send me all of the work that's saved on the system and they can send it to you. And I remember this with uh, recently with one of our providers that I worked with in, in my current role who disappeared uh, during the pandemic. And uh, they were the, the apprentices that we had at the time were using Bud. So we reached out to Bud and BKSB and both of them were amazing. Both of them understood the situation and continued the apprentices another year's access the system so that when they went with another provider that we had picked for them, um, they were able to still log in and pull off their work. But it's key that as an apprentice, you continue your learning. Even if you've done all your assignments and you're not sure what to do, carry on with your off the job. Any potential evidence that you think might be great for your apprenticeship, save it in a file. Keep that going so that when a new provider comes in and takes over your apprenticeship, you can show them all the work you've done from the time cube closed to that point, but also all your previous work. Now, I am gonna give you a bit of a reality check on this one. So as an apprentice, all the work that you've done before with cube um, will have to be reassessed. And I know that is a pain because it's already been marked for you. Well, the upshot is, my friends, you're going to have to get it reassessed. And that's part of the process with a new provider. And I know it's a pain. And you probably sit there and think, what is the point? Well, unfortunately, it's part of the process. You may have to redo your initial assessment if you can't get onto your old assessment. But they may ask you to redo your enrollment paperwork. They're going to ask you to probably redo your initial assessments. But that's okay. It's part and parcel. I know it can be disheartening sometimes because you think, I've already done this. Why are you asking me again? But don't worry. As I say, it's part and parcel of the process. And it's just the way that this is. And it can't be changed. But don't lose heart. And don't give up on your apprenticeship because you've put all this hard work and effort into it. It will get completed. And you will achieve it. Now. On to employers. Well, employers, I have been on your side of the table as well, because when I left Burst for Skills, I applied for a role with my uh, current employer, where I sold them an L&D uh, manager role at the time. And I came across, luckily enough, they, they uh, took the uh, proposal and I joined the company. And part of that process was to deal with those apprentices that had been affected. Um, by the closure of First Skills. And before I joined my current organization, I did go back to one of my previous providers, 
which was Hawk training. And I was able to give them some of my uh, learners from Fort Miller Masons, which they picked up. And Fort Miller Masons has been with Hawk for the last six, seven years, which is amazing. And I'm so proud of that. Um, and it was great to hear and see that those apprentices I started with continued and finished their qualifications. So that is amazing. And it's great to see that more apprentices are carried on. But this is the advice and guidance for you as an employer. Now, if you've had learners that have been affected by the Cube learning closure and that those apprentices you have within your business are having direct delivery via Cube learning, then the ESFA would already be aware of this and have already reached out to some providers asking them to provide support. So there's a couple of things that will happen. One, you'll get an email or a letter in the post from the ESFA advising of the closure of Cube. You'll also be told that they will be there to support you in finding an alternative provider to support with continuing your apprentices' apprenticeships. Now, some providers may already be reaching out to you saying that they understand you may be affected and can they help? And that's where you'll pick that up and run with them. If you haven't heard anything in the next three weeks, then reach out to the ESFA and advise them that you haven't heard anything. Also, you may have apprentices that are with Cube Learning, but are currently doing their apprenticeship with one of their subcontractors. And have a look at that, because if that is, then the subcontractors will continue delivering their apprenticeship. One of the key things I will say, and is the important thing to do right now, is to log on to your DAS account for your apprenticeships. And any learners you have with Cube Learning, put them on pause. This will stop any additional funding leaving your levy account, but also it pauses their apprenticeship. And then once you know what new provider they're going on, what you'll then have to do is follow the advice on the provider by stopping their apprenticeship and then setting up a new cohort for that provider so they can add it on. The length of the qualification will slightly change based on that transfer of learners. Now, I know um, how this all works because I've been through it before. So if you want to reach out to me, then please do. I will provide my details in the bio. Also, I do have an apprenticeship advisory consultancy service as well that I am offering up where if you are unsure as an employer what to do and how to handle it or, man or manage it, then you can reach out and pick on my services to support you. But also... Speak with your apprentices. Just let them know that there may be a change of provider. Just reassure them. One of the key things I am going to say to all employers where they have apprentices with Cube Learning is do not end that person's apprenticeship. Just because the provider is closed does not mean that that apprenticeship is no longer valid and that you cannot support that apprentice in your business. Now, I have seen provider or employers do this before where a provider is closed and they've said to their apprentices, well, if the provider's closed, I don't have an apprenticeship for you. We're ending your apprenticeship. Don't. If you do, and I find out that you do, I will name and shame you. Sorry, it's not right. You shouldn't do that. As an employer, you should step up the plate. You should make sure that your apprentices are still being fully supported for their apprenticeship. So sit with your apprentices and ask them about what apprenticeship they're doing, just double check with them who was delivering, whether it was a cube directly or whether it was in the subcontractors. 
if it was with Cube, then make sure that they understand that there may be a slight delay in the next visit, but you're still supporting their apprenticeship. Get them to do more off the job learning, make sure they complete any assignments or work that they need, and just keep them engaged during that process because it can still be done. Now, what I also will say as well, and I know this from uh, myself and I use it as best practice, don't put all your eggs in one basket as an employer. And we should all remember that. In life and in general, especially in business, I use several providers so that if, for example, this happens to me, I have additional providers that I know offer those qualifications as well and I can reach out to straight away and start transferring my apprentices to them and have those great conversations to get it moving. Now, some employers just may have one provider and think, oh my God, I've got to go through the process of another provider. Well, as I say, the ESFA are there to help and also I'm here to help you as well if you have any questions or want to lean on my consultancy service. But also, what I will say is, if you do only have one provider and you're not affected by the cube learning situation, but you just have the one, I would say start looking at one or two alternate providers in the background that you know you can lean on if needed. Um, and it's always best practice to have some a fallback in any case. Um, so again, I can provide that uh, advice and service, but there's things that you'll need to check, like keep an eye on their Ofsted grades, keep an eye on their financials, you know, look at their delivery plans, look at their interaction, their engagement, their delivery. There's lots of things that you need to look at and consider when looking at a provider. And I'm more than happy to explain and go through how I do mine because I'm very uh, clued up from the, the FE world because I come from the FE sector and the provider side and I'm on the employer side. But I will say this, you need to carry out your due diligence to make sure that you have a safe net. Now, I know it's really tough right now out there for the Cube employers uh, or ex-employees now, uh, the apprentices and the employers. And it, it seems that it's kind of you're in the dark and not knowing what's going to happen. But I can tell you that the search and rescue teams are on their way. There is light at the end of the tunnel or you can see light through the trees. We're on our way in to find you and pull you out and bring you back into the beautiful light to carry on your apprenticeship, get people back into employment and support everybody along the way. Now, I hope that this information and this podcast has been helpful to those affected by Cube Learning, both the employees that have been made redundant, the apprentices and employers that are affected. What I will also say is that this Ofsted report that was done. Now, Ofsted um, did this report uh, back in November um, with Cube Learning, and it takes from the initial inspection for a provider, which is only a week. Do we all know as providers, Thursday at 11 o'clock, we wait that dreaded call from Ofsted. And we know that Monday morning, 8 a.m., they're on the doorstep. But we have to remember that when that call takes place and the you know, the Ofsted team within the provider is activated and everybody gets ready for it. That initial week is done and provisional grades are given. And then you may be waiting a couple of weeks or so or a month for those grades to come out. And it's normally in that three month window from the date of your 
provide of your of your inspection that then things start to happen. So the senior exec team of Cube would have known over the period of time from November up until now what was happening and what was going on because the DFE and the ESFA would have been involved as well as well as extra providers being reached out to who would have already known and been told to hush at the moment until it's officially announced. It's a shame to see that another provider has bit the dust. And I have to say that following COVID, when uh, offset inspections then started up again, it has been a tough time for providers. And I continue to see providers bite the dust every week or every month. And it's a shame. We know that currently in the press, there's lots of questions around, especially when I looked at the press today. I'm recording this podcast on a Sunday. So listening to the radio today, I'm obviously hearing that Ofsted are being uh, hauled over the coals on the potential legal um, implications due to them not taking into consideration the effects of COVID. Now, do we need Ofsted or not? I say yes. Maybe Ofsted needs to be overhauled and the common inspection framework needs to be looked at again. Um, but I believe that we all need to be held account for the way that we deliver things in the education sector. And having this assessment is great. And I know a lot of work goes into providers, schools and colleges, even nurseries, etc., who deal with Ofsted, follow the guidance and make sure that they are up to code and that they're doing what is required to meet any of the four outcomes of an Ofsted inspection. And the gradings can be hard. Sometimes the gradings are not so great, but actually there's lots of good things you do, but it's very, not objective, but it's very subjective. Um, so it's dependent upon the inspectors, I feel. And I feel that Ofsted do need to change their approach slightly, but I don't think Ofsted reporting should go. I still strongly think it should be there. I know that a lot of um, providers now or colleges and schools, etc., do employ, um, you know, Ofsted inspect or ex-Ofsted inspectors and various other things to support with planning and preparing for an Ofsted inspection. So does it seem fair that we keep seeing providers disappear? Well, yes and no. I'm on the fence on this one. But what I will say is that as we continue to see bigger providers go, it means that every other provider is then affected by them picking up all of the learners that need to be completed which is good for some employer and great for some providers. It helps them grow their business even more. But it's all that turmoil. But remember, people, everyone is human and we all need to be shown respect, love and attention and also be taken care of to make sure that when we're all dealing with situations like this, we show that our human side on it. Now, I think that's all I'm going to say on this for uh, this episode as I wrap up this week's um, episode of Another One Bites the Dust. Um, now, thank you very much for listening. If you want to take part in any podcasts, then please reach out to me um, and I'm happy to have that conversation and get you involved in some of these upcoming episodes or even tackle some of the previous episodes we've had. Um, so feel free to reach out to me. As I say, details are below. So reach out, let's have that conversation and let's get you on a podcast with me uh, for a say as it is with Pete. So again, thank you for listening. Have an amazing week and remember it is going to be a great week regardless. Okay. Um, so again, you can listen back to uh, this episode and any previous episodes via Apple Podcasts, via Spotify 
or by the rfs.com channel I have. But keep listening because every week I will drop a new episode. And until next week, thank you for listening and catch you next Monday.